Welcome to Paranormal, the New Normal. My guest this week, well, I'm very excited to have because he is a man of many coats and we're going to try them all on. So my guest this week is Emmanuel Kingman, who is a psychic seer, a devotee of Christ, and an energy worker. And that is a bundle I have not seen together yet. So I'm excited to hear how this all works. Emmanuel, how are you doing tonight? I am doing well, thank you. I so psychic seers. Uh, that it's maybe I. I'm not a seer. I don't necessarily. You know, there's people who have the ability to see. Uh, if you've ever heard of Micah Turnbow? He is somebody who sees the spirit world. Uh, whereas I, I get images within my mind, but it's there's more to how I perceive things psychically speaking than it is that i'm seeing things with my physical eyes all right i mean well getting visions in your head is still a way of seeing things it's just true i just want to set this uh, tone for everybody out there because everyone you know you say certain words and people whatever their definition is is what they're thinking is happening so i just want to kind of let everybody know that that's what uh, kind of how that is well we definitely appreciate you clearing that up just for trans transparency sake so mm -hmm. why don't we start with what led you down this road become a devotee of christ a psychic i'll say i won't put the seer in there and and, and to be an energy healer which is i'm gonna ask more about that later trust me <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i and i stopped doing the energy work that i used to do but i used to uh have my own practice where i would help people with different things, but I stopped doing that. Uh, but okay, so to answer your question, how did it happen? I was in prison seven years ago. I was a drug addict. I was 280 pounds. I There was a lot of things that were wrong with me. So going through prison, I learned how to cope without using drugs. There was you know a great deal of things that I learned on my journey. Then it was about 2019 so yeah seven years ago is when i was in prison but then 2019 i started working out i started improving myself in all these different ways 2019 i started meditating and that was like all of this i was a very angry individual i was depressed anxiety uh ocd you know a lot of different mental uh mental issues if you will mental health issues and i learned how to meditate and at first, it was like I was just such a uh, a low density person that just like one minute of deep breathing, I would pass out, like fall asleep because it was like so calming and relieving to me. Uh, so that trickled in for a little while. I, I started out doing it like once a month, then it'd be like once every two weeks then once a week. And slowly I started doing it every day, but I would still fall asleep and about like 15 minutes in, I'd fall asleep. And then one time I stayed up through like there was this barrier that I was about to fall asleep, but I kept myself awake and it was around like the 20 minute mark, maybe like the 22 minute mark. And once I broke through that, then I never fell asleep again. Then I started typing or tapping into the psychic realm, the unseen realm. And then I started doing different psychedelics and and I met Jesus multiple times doing psychedelics. And I didn't grow up as a Christian or anything. I didn't go to church. I didn't know. It, other than like the basics that people talk about, the like 
you know, Mary was a virgin and and just like all these little fringe things, you know, that are not fringe, these surface level things that you will know about the Bible or Jesus. I didn't know uh, very much. And then in a, so then I moved to Georgia. This was in 2020. I moved to Georgia because of all the COVID nonsense. I was living in Philly at the time or just outside. And I moved to Georgia and I do a psychedelic trip down here. Uh, we did uh, psilocybin uh, mushrooms. And okay. I was I was a trip setter for these two other people who were doing it for the first time in this context, you know, spiritually trying to connect with something greater than themselves. And when I did that, I saw the uh, seven-headed, ten-horned beast of Revelation, which I didn't know was in the Bible at the time. And I encountered it, and it was it's still very vivid in my mind uh, to this day. But it was like, I saw this thing, and instantly I knew it was biblical. Even though I didn't actually know the Bible, I didn't know what was in it, I just knew this was biblical. And then in the coming days, I found out that that's what... Uh, John encountered in the, the Gospel of John uh, in the book of Revelation. I'm not, sorry, not the Gospel of John, but the same author uh, of the book of Revelation. And that's what he saw. And I encountered that, and it was like, wow, this is crazy. Then uh, a few months later, I have this uh, injury that occurs to me. And throughout this whole time, I was listening to Christian music because during, so I just want to back it up. When I was doing my psychedelic trips, I was listening to, at the end of 2019, I was listening to Travis Scott. I would listen to some like Eminem, Lil Wayne. That was the type of music I listened to. But when I started doing psychedelics, I started listening to Travis Scott, which was like a whole adventure. But then Kanye came out with uh, Jesus is King, that album. And I listened to that. Then this final psychic psychedelic trip that I did in PA in 2020, I was listening to Travis Scott and I turned on the, so I would always start with Kanye and do that whole album to like spiritually protect myself. You know, Jesus is King to try to lighten the mood. I did that. And then I turn on Travis Scott to then, you know, go into party mode. And I saw that he wasn't an, and he was his own entity that he wasn't of, earth he wasn't of humanity it, it was very strange but it scared me to you know to stop listening to that immediately so it was what i saw was the left side of my face i saw a black box and the right side of my face there was a blue box and it was like choose your own path which path do you want to choose so i chose the blue one which then meant i put back on uh, jesus as king in order to you know help me get the, that away from me whatever it was that happened and then right then and there i stopped listening to all the gangster rap i was listening to and i started only listening to christian music but i wasn't a practicing christian i was just like i know frequency and energy and vibration and all that and for whatever reason this music seems to help keep the bad stuff away so i was like it's helping like uh, reverse MK Ultra in my brain, you know, when they have like those things in the background, subliminal messaging, you know, you train your brain based off of those types of things that you don't even know your brain's absorbing. So that's that was a way for me to reclaim myself. So fast forward again, a few months after that psychedelic trip where I saw uh, the Beast of Revelation, I had this injury 
And what ended up happening was there was like this three days that I could barely walk. And I had this miraculous being saved by Christ moment where I was thrown up. Well, I actually, I was uh, hurling, physically hurling, but nothing was coming out. And I was just had this such relief. And this is uh, what... Uh, what's it called? Um, deliverance, like a deliverance church would be. Like I threw up demons, but I had images going on in my mind that it was actually a demon, not a demon, a serpent, a dragon had spit me out because I was getting so close to Christ that it could no longer handle it. So me throwing up was, I was seeing it throwing me up. So it was like I was in the belly of the beast and it threw me up because I got too close to Jesus. And then from there, then I started my podcast and I was doing energy work uh, because I was just able to manipulate the energy around me through meditation. I could pop the lights in my bedroom. I didn't mean to, but I did. I broke tree branches, not meaning to. Uh, There was all sorts of different psychic interactions I was having with uh, the secret space Uh, program type of stuff that uh, I was an abductee as a teenager. I've figured out since there's a lot of different things that go into it, but I was being messed with on a grand scale. Not necessarily that I'm someone important, but this happens to many people all over. They just don't know about it. And then things get kind of very confusing for people because they keep them in these different communities of either conspiracy or aliens or new age stuff, or uh, all different types of psychedelic stuff. There's like all these different little communities that I ended up visiting throughout all my stuff, uh, through my experience. And then I've realized that Jesus is the one who leads all of it. That if you get out of each one of these little boxes, you'll see that there's connections amongst all of them. And that's what the Bible is trying to save us from and trying to tell us not to mess with technology, not to mess with psychedelics, because there's these unseen spirits that we encounter. And there's just a lot of different realms. But again, you know, the paranormal stuff, ghosts, uh, all sorts of stuff really can you can get boxed into each one thing and think that it's not connected to the others like Bigfoot as well. You know, but it is all connected and it's all explained biblically. And it's all in our human history. It's just everything has been flipped and perverted so that we don't know our true timeline of where we are and what has gone on before us. And we assume that humans that lived in biblical times were just like us and they weren't. And they assume that there were no hybrids and that these Egyptian gods, you know, dog heads and and uh, and human bodies, you know, things of that nature that they were just uh, these things, sculptures that were made, but no, they were actual beings there. So there's a lot of things that I said there. I'll let you hop in and uh, take it where you want. Yeah, you are kidding. That's a lot of things right there. And I just have questions popping up left and right the whole time you're talking. Sorry about that. I I tend to go on a little spiel sometimes. So, no, I mean, I totally get that. And it's, it's fine. It's fine. But so let me oh so many jumping off points i don't know where to begin but (laughs) um well let me ask you this because i've known plenty of people that have done psychedelics what's 
what what when you were saying about like psychedelics and technology having like issues or pitfalls let's call them like what do you think is the pitfall there okay so technology like right now we're communicating through an interdimensional device and we call them computers or cell phones or tvs there are black boxes there are uh you know the uh, the black box or the black cube of saturn there are these interdimensional devices that we are manipulating time and space in order to be in front of one another and this is like what we would call uh like the internet right but yeah. it's also like what we think of outer space outer space isn't necessarily a real thing there's no vacuum it's actually a liquid outside of the bubble that we are in and so when you do psychedelics you go to the hyperspace hyperspace and outer space are the same thing and also the technology of going from one space to another space it's it's all the same thing but it's uh presented as different things but it's connecting you to the ether that is in between our seen world so it's the unseen realm that you're allowed to see things through or in this case it's being projected to us through our technology and you could have implantable technology which is uh metals so if you've ever looked into heavy metals being chemtrails or heavy metals being uh, put into food or into our drinks or anything like that. The reason for that is those heavy metals go into our bodies and they act as antennas or satellites for these frequencies that are then projected at us so that we are then doing predictable behaviors based upon the frequency being projected at us at the rate of heavy metals that are inside of our body. So we, so when people think of the grand conspiracy type of thing, that there's, there's these people who are controlling everything that is true, but they're not paying attention to the details of every little thing. So when someone says they are, you know, doing this or they are doing that, it's that they have determined through their algorithms the predictable outcome that we will do based on the given situation because of the pattern behaviors that we have already done and the manipulation of energy and vibration and frequency around us combined with the uh, heavy metals that are placed in our bodies. So it's only once we clean ourselves out of all of that, that then we become unpredictable. And that's when things start to really ramp up. And uh, I mean, people have seen it more and more recently because so many people are starting to clean themselves up. Which, I mean, I've been told by multiple mediums, psychics, and other people that we're in the, we're in the middle of a spiritual awakening that started about five years ago. And yeah. you, you think that's correct? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was 2017. That's when I got out of prison. Well, let's say I got out in 2016, but... Uh, 2017 was like the first year that I was actually out. So it happened a little bit before then. Uh, but, you know, of course, everything doesn't happen without things happening prior to it. But yeah, we're in a spiritual awakening. Uh, and it's people are getting stuck because they think they figured it out. 
people are getting stuck in their different communities and they think that they have the answer. Like a lot of the new age uh, stuff or just spiritual, it's not necessarily being toted as new age, but the spiritual things that are uh, spread around these days, a lot of it contradicts itself. And if you don't actually think about it, then you won't figure it out. Like what happens when we're indoctrinated into life, you know, and then you get red pilled and then we just kind of assume that the, these conspiracies and all are the, the truth. And same thing with spirituality that we just kind of go from believing one thing to another without actually thinking about that as well. And we're judging others and saying things like, Oh, you got to do your own research, but then we fail to do our own research into the things that we're, hearing on podcasts and watching on YouTube videos. And a lot of it will contradict itself. Like people will say that they're channeling somebody, but they say that there's also reincarnation and you can't channel someone if they reincarnated and you know, it just doesn't work together. So there's a lot of confusing things and uh, a lot of these psychics and mediums that, uh, you know, speak to the dead or whatever, they don't know who they're actually speaking to because I used to speak to different things. I can still uh, hear things and I can still communicate and manipulate uh, what things that I would like to happen in a certain sense. But they don't know who they're actually talking to or what they're actually talking to. And it comes as a big surprise when someone when you tell someone who they've changed their life for the better through doing all these different means and you say, well, you're, you're talking to a demon or a fallen angel. They get very offended and they're like, that can't be because my life is so much better now, which is objectively true, but it's also, okay. If I wanted to steal something from you, say you're a rich person, right? You have this inheritance, billions of dollars. I'm not going to just like rob you on the street for a few thousand bucks, you know, like I'm not going to come up to you and do a face to face and steal. I'm going to befriend you and I'm going to help you and I'm going to lead you up into the point that then I can steal your inheritance. And that's exactly what the Bible tells us is happening with the fallen angels as they are stealing your inheritance of eternal life by deceiving you, by helping you thinking that you're doing good things. Uh, and it's not necessarily that you aren't doing good things, but they're giving you this false light information. And because we were in the darkness, the first light we see, we take as the true light. But as the morning star is the brightest light in the sky after the darkness, it is completely uh, nothing compared to the sun when the sun comes up. So we have to just be very careful with not going from believing everything that we were taught as children and indoctrinated into to them believing the first thing that we see. We have to really do our discernment because the spiritual awakening is a reckoning of God's will and God bringing us back to him and leading us out of Egypt into the promised land. Yeah, which I mean, well, just to be on the level here, I am. I was brought up fully Christian, Protestant, uh, for all my life until I was a teenager, and then I became atheist for a while, and then I now identify for the last five, ten years as agnostic because 
I feel like there's something out there. I just don't like to put names on things because I also read a lot of mythology. And let me put it this way. Is Jesus the God of gods, or do you think that there's other gods who still have power and walk among us? Uh, okay, so, and the Christian church, I do want to say that the Christian church has done a lot of wrong things, and that's a real big way of deceiving people. There's a lot of, a lot of people are deceived by the church, and they use that just as they use anything else. Uh, so Jesus is, is the God. He's the creator of everything. Everything was made through him. And there are powers and principalities that were put in place, which are, we would call angels. And they, so they reside above. So you think, you know, if earth is here, then there's another realm on top of us that we would call the heavens, one of the levels of the heavens. And they are in power. They're in charge over certain areas. And the Bible actually says that there's 72 of them. And some of these uh, fell. They're called the fallen angels. They started accepting worship and they started to interact with humans. And so when we get into the Nephilim, are you familiar with the term Nephilim? And okay. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I've read enough mythology and I've seen the Thor movie. So, <laughs> okay. So this is uh, where we get into a lot of people think that the, the fallen angels physically had sex with humans. And I've been having revelation lately that that's just not the truth. Uh, that what is actually happening is what God did when he became Jesus. So what they say of the story of Jesus is the Holy Spirit went into a woman and then he was born a man, right? So when the Bible says that these sons of God uh, came into the daughters of men, it never says that they had sex. It's they were spirits who then entered these women and then they were born men. So Zeus, the father, enters the the woman and is then born Hercules. He's half man, half God. And uh, he walked among everybody. And it's not just Hercules. You know, there's there's plenty of them all over the place, like you said, with the mythology. This was the same gods entering these different women at different points and becoming men at different times. So when you get to like Horus and Hercules, like, yeah, there's maybe some similarities with Jesus, but that was because they were trying to do what they knew God was going to do. And they wanted worship just like God was uh, supposed to receive the worship. And ultimately, uh, Zeus is Lucifer, that they just wanted that worship. So they did what they knew God was going to do, which was go into a woman and be born a man. And Jesus is the humble God that we are supposed to be like. But he he died for us to know God within ourselves, because all of creation at a time before the fallen angels they were just physical creatures. They didn't have God within them. They were just physical, biological mannequins. They were empty vessels that when they died, that was it. And, and there was nothing for them. There was no heaven and there was no hell. They just died and that was it. And then these spirits started entering these women to be born as men. And when that happened, then these hybrid beings that had spirit within them were born and they could do things that the other 
uh, creations couldn't. And then they would reproduce with other uh, humans and they would have other children who could do things that uh, that the others couldn't. So these are the Nephilim and things of that nature. So then eventually there comes a point where there's so many of them that God wipes them from the earth, that he has this flood to kill all of them because they were spirits that were born of a rebellious nature. They rebelled against what they were supposed to be doing. They deceived women into, uh, or I'm not exactly sure how, whether it was a man was having sex with, with his wife and they entered in her that way or how it actually happens. But this is like possession. This is all sorts of different things that we have happened to us today. Spirits very easily come right in between us and our attitudes change on the drop of a dime because things are just a frequency and they enter us if we're not filled with uh, a clear-minded spirit. Things will just enter us and we'll just do the will of these other things that enter us and we'll act emotionally and uh, we'll act out of, we won't be in a nice mental place and a, a good spiritual place. We'll just start doing things and reacting rather than uh, contemplating and being careful with what we do. So that's just spirits entering us. So possession is, is very easy. It's not a, a difficult task. And it's not this, it doesn't have to be some big satanic ritual for it to happen. It, it just kind of happens. So then the spirits uh, are, they have nowhere to go after the flood. All they can do is watch us. And all they can do, they're like, uh, if you play a video game and it's a like a killer game and you get killed in it, and then you just have to watch the rest of the match. You can't play until the match is over. Well, that's what they are. They're just watching us until it's over, but they want to enter again. So they're trying to enter into our bodies through psychedelics, through technology through uh, VR. They want to switch places with us. They want us to think that what's out there, outer space or hyperspace or psychedelic space, all of that stuff, that's where we want to go. They they trick us into thinking that's where we want to go, but that's not where we want to go. They just want us out of our bodies so that they can then enter our bodies because we can do things like uh, remote view and we can send our consciousness somewhere else, but when we do that, then we're leaving our body empty. And then we will have no place to go because it could be entered by something else. So I know I probably got off topic of what your question was there, but yes, Jesus is the God of gods and the other uh, uh, little G gods, they are his children that were angels that rebelled against what they were created for which Enoch called them the watchers because they were just meant to watch humanity and not interact with us. Yeah. Which I mean, which to go back to what you were saying in the beginning of that, I mean, if we, as we all know, or anybody who knows mythology knows Zeus entered plenty of women, but <laughs> I mean, he was a serial rapist for God's sake, mm -hmm. but the stories prove this. So, yeah, I mean, I've met a lot of other people who think the same thing. They think that, like all these other gods did exist, but they weren't like true gods. They were just bad gods. Like basically, they were angels. And, well, I mean, as we know, when Lucifer fell, he took a lot of angels with him. So, yeah, hundred percent, he took a lot of angels with him. So, 
Actually, I was just, I was, I've just been listening to lately, um, Paradise Lost. And have you read Paradise Lost or heard like a version of it? Uh, and that is the uh, Memphis Three, right? That it, it's a story that was written in the, I want to say, 1600s, 1700s by. Okay, well, yeah, Paradise by, Lost is also about the West Memphis Three, so that's interesting. Yeah, Paradise. Yeah, Perez Lost is basically the story of Lucifer from Lucifer's side. Hmm. No, I, I, I'm not familiar with that, so I'll have to uh, check that out. Yeah, it's a very interesting story. I mean, it's what Frankenstein was based on too, but hmm. it's a very interest. It's a very interesting story. It's kind of like the I, I always use this example in my show, but it's kind of like the Three Little Pigs like version, where like it's from the wolf side. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of like sim- similar to that to a storytelling type of style, but it's interesting. I mean, because when you see things from his side, it doesn't sound like he's a bad guy. It just makes him sound like he wants something different and God wasn't going for it. But yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, well, it's interesting. So, when like these in the beginning, I said I get images in my mind at times. So, uh, what I've been recently seeing is like a, a DNA strand. Are you familiar with how a DNA strand looks like they're crossing and then they go apart, come together, and all that? So, yeah, the helix. Yeah. Right. So, what I've been seeing lately is like there is a big circle of the double helix, and, you know, it just it connects to itself. It's just a circle. And this was uh, that all these angels were the DNA of God, these little strands, you know, each little section is its own entity. And that some of these entities, they, you know, the sum total is God. And when they started breaking off, they were the sons of God. So some of them broke off and they started to do their own thing. So God, they couldn't see God because that God is the sum total of them all. So it's like God, I don't want to say God doesn't exist without them, but when they can't see what they are the, the uh, a piece of, that God is so much larger. So it's not like our fathers, you know, that are that are human, that we can go see them. Their father exist in a perfect state when they are all doing the right thing which was just being a part of that dna strand and not leaving it to do what they wanted and on the fractal nature of things or the fibonacci sequence or the fibonacci spirals of how everything works uh you know it's everything is repeating on smaller and larger scales all over the place so while that's happening with God, that is also happening with us, that our DNA is broken. And our DNA is broken through these MK MKUltra uh, means of subliminal messaging, of doing things, uh, getting stuck in pattern behaviors uh, that our parents never dealt with and our grandparents never dealt with. Well, that changes our DNA and our cellular structure uh, for our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren are all being set in motion through our actions now. So we have the ability to change our loved ones and the future ancestors that we're going to have by doing the right things now, by fixing our DNA strands. So when we have broken DNA strands, what happens is things can then enter in those DNA strands and they're 
evil pattern behaviors that we develop and we'll be born with these evil ways because those who came before us, instead of overcoming what was wrong with them, they chose to just give in to these uh, emotional or mental unstable ways that they were doing. So they never conquered it. They never overcame it. And this is, again, this is biblical. This is called epigenetics and science, which has proven this as well. And this is just everything is happening because our DNA fractured originally, which on the grand scale of things, God is the sum total. And on earth, we are each the sum total of God. And then we combine to, there's another layer, another dimension higher than us that there is actually God. So as we are broken, God is broken. And as we come together, God too comes together. So it's those fallen sons of God are essentially our own DNA strands that have broken, all fractured, and have been, uh, in order to stay apart from God, they trick other things into doing their will rather than do what they were created for, which was just to be part of something greater than themselves. All right. So I'm kind of stuck on something you said though before about like how outer space isn't really outer space, like as we think of it. So my first question for that is, We've been to space, so wouldn't we know what it is, or are we We've seeing an illusion? Oh, you're one of those. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we've never which, been to space. Which, I mean, I fully believe we didn't land on the moon in 69 or whenever it was supposed to be, but I totally believe we didn't go to the moon. I, but I do believe that we had to have been space since then. I mean, we've had to have. Some country has had to have been there. We can't. You can't, it's a firmament. You can't leave this place. I actually, I, so I've gone through this when I go to sleep and anyone can, uh, can do this. Uh, there are a bunch of times where I was going to sleep and you know, that state that when you're falling asleep and then like you're really dozed off and it's like the first two minutes and then you get woken up and then it's like, you, you're just like, totally zonked out like you're like lost and you're like how long was i asleep for and i like it's been like two minutes well this happened to me multiple occasions in one week which was a very strange occurrence that you know that type of thing doesn't happen to me uh, typically but it happened to me like three times in one week and each time when i woke up what i saw was i was going through this energetic firmament you ever see uh the epcot center in disney yeah Okay, and you see how like the outside has those different um, the different patterns on the the dome. Well, that's a representation of, of the firmament. That that is exactly what I saw was this energetic field that I was going through. Like it was all, I want to say the lines were more solid uh, around me, and then the ones I was going through, they kind of were more transparent, and I went through it. And then as soon as I was waking, woken up, I snapped back down and I saw myself like falling back from seeing that firmament. So like the, all that's NASA in, in uh, Hebrew actually means to deceive. NASA was created by Nazis. You know, there's a lot of different stuff we can get into with that. But uh, space is most definitely fake. 
uh, the way that they tell us. It's a, it's not a vacuum. Like if there's the way that we see the stars, if we were on a ball spinning, going uh, all these different directions, you know, of course, 600 or 66,600 miles per hour around the sun, you know, they always have to encode the 666. If we're on a, an, a tilt of 23.4, which then gives us the uh, 66.6 degree tilt axis uh, again, you know, there's so many 666s in it. But if we were doing that, our stars would actually change and we wouldn't be able to have like the Georgia Guidestones were recently blown up. But on the Georgia Guidestones, they had this little hole that you would be able to see Polaris on the same day every single year because it just went straight there because the stars are rotating on a fixed uh, a, a fixed um, like rotation around us. And if we were on a spinning ball, that that's not how that would be. It, we would not be able to predict where the stars would be every single uh, year, like night after night, we wouldn't be able to do the things we do unless the earth is stationary. And if the earth is stationary, which it is, then that creates a very large problem for the globe model, which we, I think that we're inside of a sphere that we're not on the outside of a spinning ball, but we're somehow in the center of a somewhat of a ball and we're a bubble as i said earlier and outside of that is liquid there is the firmament is separates the waters above from the waters below which is our water uh, so the, the vacuum part also if everything is spinning you know say this my microphone here is the sun and a vacuum is pulling up this way, how would something be spinning around it this way? It just, it doesn't make, that it would stay perfectly, it would just go up. It would all be going up. It wouldn't be circling the same thing in the same speed, you know, as perfectly as uh, stated. And there's just a lot of problems with space. Like the, uh, and there's other things like the, bodies the heavenly bodies uh of these planets there's no such thing as planets they're called wandering stars they are the uh the galactic bodies or the heavenly bodies of the original seven fallen angels and they are locked in orbit uh because they're locked in chains made to worship the sun and they're the titans of uh greece and all that stuff there's but there there's not other planets all that like we are on earth and then there's heaven and there's like different things within heaven but there isn't galaxies or planets or any of that they're just they're lights in our sky the stars and the sun and the moon well i mean for one that'd have to be a pretty damn big uh ball that we're in for it to fit as many people as live on earth but yeah yeah and and so i'm guessing you don't believe in extraterrestrials or aliens uh there's interdimensional uh beings and there's a lot of different uh 
angels that that looked very vastly different than what we would recognize you know it's not necessarily just uh humanoid looking uh things that are spirits but it the wheels within wheels like these ufos these uh these lights that we see in our skies they could be the ophanim which are ezekiel's wheel they are literal beings but to us they look like wheels but they're alive you know that's that's like something within itself that would be very strange to us. So, yeah, there's not E.T. aliens. Like, they're, the greys are a real thing. They were uh, things that were created, and I've experienced uh, them in my um, abduction scenarios that I was telling you about, as well as the, uh, the different insectoids, uh, these uh, grass, or not, um, yeah, the grasshopper beings, uh, different, uh, all sorts of different weird insectoids. They do exist, but they were created by the fallen angels uh, as well. Interesting. So they're comparable to demons then, you would say, or are demons a separate entity? Yeah, demons are something separate. Demons would be the uh, spirits that are stuck here. So when the fallen, they were born as men, they died as men. And then their spirit had nowhere to go because they weren't allowed back in heaven. They, some of them, turned very wicked and evil, and they became demons. And they were, uh, they were working with the fallen that just fell, but never entered in through women. But they were still on the earthly plane. These powers and principalities that were put in place that never entered women, but were still, you know, because they never entered women, they were fallen angels because they fell, but they weren't demons because they didn't die as men the way that the Nephilim did, which would have been these mighty uh, mighty men that I was saying, Hercules and all that. They end up becoming the demons, and uh, the aliens, like there's interdimensional things happening here and this is goes with the technology and all that anyone who has done psychedelics they've encountered uh different interdimensional beings i mean it just happens so there's a lot of weird weird stuff all around us that we don't know what's going on so yeah they they do exist it's just uh it's more complicated than what we kind of think it is interesting interesting for sure so not to get off topic here but you do you believe that bigfoot and other land-based cryptids that we know of are interdimensional as well uh yeah they they most likely are i think well i believe that we are to a degree as well especially when we go to sleep like i said i could traverse the firmament that way uh but i think that some so you're familiar with uh jacob and esau right from the bible yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I, I couldn't reset the story to you 100%, but I, I know the basics of it. Right, right. It's a pretty uh, familiar story, Jacob and Esau. Well, a lot of people don't realize that in there, they're kind of describing Esau as a Bigfoot, that he's very hairy, he smells very awful, and he's red-haired, and he's a hunter or a killer. He actually is the one who killed Nimrod, who was the quote-unquote first Antichrist. Um, so, and that's not in the Bible. It's in another, uh, another, uh, what's it called? Book of the Bible. It's not canon anymore. The Apocrypha. Uh, yeah. But, what, 
I think there was 23 of those chapters they pulled out, but yeah, something, yeah, some, uh, maybe like 16 books they pulled out, something like that. I forget exactly what it was, but, uh, yeah. So in the Bible, it describes Esau. So Jacob, Jacob's mother wanted Jacob to become the rightful heir to his father, Isaac, and Isaac had lost his vision. So what ends up happening is Jacob's mother is not Esau's mother. Esau's mother was uh, someone else. I think it was her sister, maybe. Um, I'm forgetting at the moment, but they had different mothers. So Jacob's mother then uh, had Jacob wear sheep's wool and one of his brother's uh, clothing, pieces of clothing in order to then smell like Esau and feel like Esau because his father couldn't see. So he had to touch him because he didn't believe Jacob when he, when he was questioning, when Isaac was questioning Jacob, are you actually my son Esau or are you someone pretending to be Esau? He then felt him and he smelled him and he goes, well, you smell like him and you feel like him. Okay. So then he blessed him. So it was like all this deception and my thinking is that Esau is a Bigfoot. He was uh, one of these creatures that lived off the land, as it says in uh, in the Bible. And then there's just a lot of different things that lead me to believe that it's not just Esau is the only Bigfoot there, but uh, maybe Cain, the mark of the beast, could have been that Cain also, he was the first one to become a Bigfoot, uh, that he became a beast. Uh, you know, he didn't have the mark of the beast, but he was marked in order to that nobody could kill him. So I think that maybe Cain became a Bigfoot first. And then, you know, down the line, Esau was also a Bigfoot and maybe others were. So, yeah, I do believe that they're interdimensional and that they are physical because uh, just like how Jesus walked through a wall and had Thomas touch the hole in his hand. You know, he was interdimensional, but then he was physical. I That does happen. So uh, to answer your question, yes. So, and I kind of forgot to ask about this, but you mentioned earlier, like, all the Egyptian gods that were half animal, half man. I mean, Aztec gods were the same thing, and so were Asian gods. So you think that those are creations of fallen angels as well, or do you think they're their own? I mean, a lot of people believe that those were extraterrestrials that they worshipped, basically. Uh, yeah, they did worship them, uh, but they were creations of the fallen. Like, if you imagine, and there's actually like a, a, some weird movie that came out not too long ago that was this sheep gave birth to a half sheep, half human. Uh, there's a lot of weird things, like hybrids are like this thing that is popping up in our pop culture from time to time, you can see it. And you would, if you saw something with a goat head and a human body and arms and it walked upright and acted like a human, but it couldn't really talk because it had a goat's head, you would kind of be weirded out, but you would be like, okay, well, I want to protect this thing. And then some people... Uh, they would start to worship it. They're like, this is a sign from God that uh, that there is other ways of having life form. And there, there would be some people who treated this thing 
as more than them and they would bail down to it. And these things were created for the demons to then enter. They were biological mannequins. They were empty of spirit created so that the demons could enter it and be worshipped. And so they did have uh, special abilities because, again, a lot of the humans back then, well, the actual humans, you know, there was a lot of different beings back then, but the actual humans were only physical until Jesus died. When Jesus died, his spirit then was spread out so that we could all know God within ourselves if all we had was faith. We could then grow that spirit, that seed of spirit within us to then take over us. But before that, they were only physical. So when physical things were born, hollowed out things were born, and spirit could then enter it, then it would have these super uh, natural abilities that the physical creations didn't have, you know, like cavemen that were just like very not intelligent versus us today. You know, like we, there's a lot more that we could be able to do. And like, if we had a caveman come and we just showed him like a Zippo, you know, like a lighter, that would be like incredible. But to us, it's like, that's a very common thing, right? Because we are more advanced than the purely physical creation was. So uh, they would be worshipped, but they were also definitely hybrids that were created. The book of Enoch in the Bible tell us, uh, I think it's also Jasher, the book of Jasher, uh, say that the fallen angels manipulated the DNA of humans. They mixed everything, the birds, the bees, the fish, the and the humans. They mixed the DNA of everything and confused it all. And that's where you get these remnants of everything in Aztecs, Mayans, uh, Egyptians, and I'm sure many other places that we're not even talking about right now, the Celtic and, and, and so on and so forth. Well, it's interesting you actually said like a goat man, because, I mean, that right there is satyrs from Greece mythology. And that's also, there is a cryptid called the Poplic Monster, which is a goat man. I think it's in Poplic Virginia, I want to say. I could be wrong about that. Uh, it's, yeah. but so, I mean, there's plenty of different goat men sayings nowadays that as cryptids. That too, yes. I mean, and so... When it, there's a there's a race of cryptids out there. I don't know if you heard of them called dogmen, mm-hmm. and there are saying there are supposed to be sightings all over the United States. Yeah. So, you think that race just got out of control when they started mixing everything, and that they just grew and grew and grew? Well, if you know Anubis from the Egyptian, yeah, is uh, he's the quote unquote god of the underworld. And these dogmen are very violent, right? That's what uh, they're alleged to be very intimidating. Uh, and also, I forget its name, but in the Mayan uh, mythology, there's also a dog-headed being that is yeah. god of the underworld. It's Quetzalcoatl's brother. I forget his name at the moment. But uh, yeah, they... So I don't really know why they would be... Uh, the way that like why they are so rabid but there is also the story of saint christopher are you familiar with saint christopher i believe so i I know it's like werewolf like in oriented kind of but 
Yeah, I, off the top of my head, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of it this second, but I have heard it before. Okay, so Saint Christopher, he's depicted with a dog head uh, in a lot of different yeah. areas. So he was someone who that there's also so there's two different stories, but they're actually the same story, but one just includes the dog head and one doesn't. That he was a giant with a dog head, and he was going around. Uh, he was like worshiping the person of this town that he was first at, and he was like the guard of this person and he would attack anybody. Well, then this person was then afraid of the devil. So then he started working for the devil and he was the guarding the devil. Well, then the devil one day walks past the sign of the cross and he starts to uh, like hiss at it and, and make different noises. So then St. Christopher sees that this man the devil is afraid of the sign of the cross. So he starts to talk to people and ask who's the sign of the cross. And they say Christ. And so he says, okay, I'm going to now worship Christ because Christ is the the most dominant. So each time he's like, I'm going to worship the most dominant person, you know, whoever is the most feared, that's who I shall protect. So then uh, he asked, how can I worship Christ since he's not here anymore? And this priest tells him, well, you can try doing all these different things. So he tries doing them, and he's not very good at them because he's a big, burly, dog-headed thing that scares people away. So then uh, the priest says, well, why don't you help people cross that river on your back? Just, you know, you go in the river and let them cross on your back. That's how you can serve God. So then he goes, and he starts doing it. And one day this uh, child comes up and hops on his back, and the dog-headed St. Christopher uh, he starts to drown in the water. And he's saying, he's like, it feels like the weight of the world is on my shoulders. Uh, and it's just a small child, four or five years old. And he's saying, what what do you have that is making me drown? So he finally gets to the other side. And th- then the child turns and it's Christ. And he baptized him and he loses his dog head. And now he has the appearance of a full man. And because he was serving the Lord, he was then able to come back to be a saint because he was doing the Lord's will. So that is, uh, he went from being a dog man to just a man and was baptized by Christ through this, the weight of the world literally be, uh, being crossed over the uh, the river. Which, yeah, now that you said that, that story is 100% familiar, 100% in my head now. <laughs> I, I do remember it 100%, but so... All right, which for those who, well, no one else is going to know this except me and Emmanuel, but I found Emmanuel on a site called Podmatch, and they give you questions that the person's mind answering, and I've been eyeing this one for a couple of days now, and I'm dying to ask it because it just, I want to hear the answer so freaking bad. Nine dimensions of creation. This, I'm dying to hear because I just... I can't picture it even, so I'm dying to like hear it explained. Okay, uh, so uh, just as a, a pre-notion, when I did put that, that was when one of those psychic things that were coming to me, I was kind of studying that area, and it was this whole picture that was painted for me, and I was able to upkeep on it. So I'm going to do my best to explain how everything uh, is. So we start as one, right? We start as like this the circle as God and then God had a split and then it was two. And so the way that creation started from a single point, then split into two 
we go from one singular dimension of everything to then uh, two dimensions of that are uh, polar opposites of each other. You know, in order to have two to split from one to two, it had to become opposites. Well, that's like going from uh, like being dirt would be like the first dimension. And then the, the second dimension would be like life. So you go from being like just dirt to then the uh, the plant uh, life. So then uh, traveling up that scale, you then become like an animal. Like consciousness is always going from one thing to the next. So went from being the dirt of the planet to then being the or, you know, the realm, whatever someone wants to call it to then being the plant life and then the animal life. And then it gets to us at the third dimension. And then from the third dimension, there is a fourth dimension, which is an unseen realm that's in between here and the next dimension that we would, that would possibly look like what we are in, which is like the fifth dimension. And that's something like I was talking about with Jesus when he walked through the wall and then Thomas could touch him. He's when he's doing that, he's in the fifth dimension. He is somewhat physical, but he is also able to manipulate through the fourth dimension, manipulate time and space to pass through. And then the fifth dimension also has something similar to what we have in our fourth dimension, an unseen realm. So that would be like, that's the sixth dimension. So then you go from that to the seventh. And now at the seventh dimension, what you would have is uh, you're like all the way up to where as you think you will see things created in front of you. So this is going from like uh, maybe in like the fifth dimension, you could see that. So in psychedelic trips, because I can explain it this way, in a psychedelic trip, you start off in the third dimension and then you blast off and you sometimes you blast off straight through the fourth dimension. You go to the fifth dimension where you're like looking at your dog and it becomes like this peacock looking thing. And then so like you're seeing it's physical, but it's not. And then maybe you have too much of whatever and you you're beyond that and you're just seeing things as you think them. Like I heard someone describe one time where he took so many mushrooms that it, he thought like he was all alone and there was just like this green screen. And every time he would think something like then it would pop up. And like, that's like the type of creation that mechanism that you're at on the seventh dimension. Like you're just, as you're thinking thoughts, they're just popping in front of you. It's just like simultaneous. Then the eighth dimension is like a a coming back together. It's like the opposite of the second dimension almost. So like the second dimension, it's splitting away. It's like expanding away from the one point. While the eighth dimension is like starting to go back to the one point. And then the ninth dimension is all of those things within it. So like if you think of one dimension and then two dimensions and then three dimensions and then four is right above that, then five, and then six, and then seven, and then eight, but eight covers the two uh, sides, and then nine wraps all the way around that. 
and you become one again. You become everything all at once. Just trying to picture that in my head is making me trip like crazy, but um, it does make sense. So it does make sense to some degree. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I have to believe that there is a galaxy out there. I have to believe it. Like I can't, I mean, I've heard theories before where we're living in a ball or we're living in a matrix created by extraterrestrials or, I mean, I've heard all these theories. Well, okay. I haven't heard a theory exactly like yours because yours is very unique. And I, no one, I'm not going to claim that anyone has ever given me your theory before, which I, it makes sense. I mean, in a way, I mean, that would, that to me would explain like what Christians and other religions believe actually being somewhat true. Well, like, and to answer, so when you're saying there there has to be other things out there, there are other things out there. And like I was saying, there is the fifth dimension, which would look somewhat like ours. Like if you saw the fifth dimension, you might think of it as another planet because it would look similar to us, but it'd be different. Same thing with the seventh dimension. It it would it's different than us, but it is uh somewhat resembles what we have and then there's that quote-unquote hyperspace in between of the fourth and the sixth that you would have to travel from the third to the fifth and the fifth to the seventh there is that in between space but that to us is all heaven that heaven like the third uh the third dimension is the space in between hell and heaven and everything above us is heavenly. Uh, everything dimensionally or literally up above us are these uh, heavenly realms and dimensions. Have you ever seen this uh, experiment where someone will take four different density liquids and put them in one glass? Yeah, like olive oil and water kind of, yeah. Yeah, and then you add, you can add another thing so that there's these different densities and then they separate. And you'll see, you know, that there's clearly like two different liquids in the same glass or four different, as I'm saying. And then you can drop things in there that are different densities and they will sink to the bottom of the density that they resonate with. Well, that's what we are in, that like around us, is what we know as air and fish think the same thing that what's around them is air they don't know that it's water but when they jump out of how they breathe they're like oh i can't be in here and they have to go back in like so if we went outside of what we breathe in we're like oh no we can't do that and that's what they tell us space is that you know we can't breathe out there so like the, gravity doesn't exist either. We just fall to the bottom of the density that we resonate with, that we're physically vibrating at a speed that we're just, we sink to the bottom of it. And fish of the sea are the birds of the air just on another dimensional scale that there's always liquid. It's all liquid. H2O is is hydrogen and oxygen in our oxygen we also have little pieces of uh of water in our own oxygen we just don't perceive it as water because water to us is much denser and it falls down to another layer so it's just separated and it's very weird to think of but essentially we are 
in a sea of something, we just call that sea air. Makes sense. I mean, I guess like myself, like most people, when I hear sea, I picture being able to like swim in something like that's just why I picture. Well, so. look at birds that they're swimming in the air, essentially, aren't they? Oh, I mean, technically, I would call that flying, but well, yeah, but I mean, fish might call themselves flying because they don't perceive the water around them. It's say it's only our own perspective of definitions giving us hard understandings of what things are. So when we hear these words, images pop in our minds and definitions pop in our minds of what it actually is. But then when you step back and say, well, if I put myself in that animals or that person's shoes, what would it look like to me? And, you know, they can't think on the same scale that we can uh, fish or birds. So, you know, that's probably never a thought that one of them would have. But if you just imagine yourself, like if you always lived in water and then all of a sudden you came up to the air, then you would you would think like that's just what you naturally do is you just go up. You're, you're not thinking you're in water or that there's a place to be without water until you start to go to a place that is without water. Then you're like, OK, this is a different type of atmosphere than the atmosphere i can live in right i mean well it makes you think of this meme i've been seeing on facebook lately where it's like since humans can't see air do fish are fish able to actually see the water right they can't like, see it i mean to them i, I maybe not maybe not i mean maybe to them it's just like it is maybe it's just like air to them maybe they just think it's something that they're, they're so used to it that they don't even think about it. i mean they are fish they don't think that much but right who knows? like who, the, who knows their gills are just like breathing in you know taking in what they need just like our noses do that all the time like how does your thyroid work you know how does your uh, kidneys work we don't know but we are operating them something within us knows we just don't think of it in that magnitude like we there is like there's microwaves all around us. There's Wi-Fi radiation. There's oxygen. There's wind. There's there's all these different things that are in our atmosphere all around us that we can't see with our physical eyes, but we know it's there. We're swimming in a sea of frequency, and these different technologies that are introduced really do things to us on a physical, biological level and we just don't perceive it because we don't physically see it with our eyes. We're only trained to use our five senses. So we don't understand them. And when we don't see it around us, we're like, oh, that's that's different than what they have around them. But like you said with the meme, they don't see water and we don't see air. Yeah, which I mean... You're 100% with what you're saying about like human body, human bodies and the organs and how we don't know how it works because we don't pay attention to them until they start to fail us. Then we start paying attention to them. 100%. So, all right. I got one more question that I think um, that'll wrap it up for me unless you have more to add. But let me ask this question first and then we'll see where it goes. You were talking about revelations earlier. Do you think when do you think the apocalypse is happening? Because I've heard many people say that it's on its way here. 
Okay, that is a good question. So I have an eight-part series on my YouTube channel as well as my podcast that is called Christ Millennial Kingdom. And if anyone's familiar with the Bible, that they'll know that there's a time in there in Revelation that says there's going to be Christ Millennial reign, a thousand years long where it's a peace and all that. Well, that has already happened. We are on the other side of that, and we're in the time now known as Satan's short season. And that, well, I don't know exactly when it started. I don't know what year it actually is. You know, there's a lot of weird stuff with our history, things being hidden. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Tartaria and the mud flood and all that. Well, I, all... somewhat, not not greatly, but... Okay, so if anyone starts to look into all the great old world architecture, the world's fairs and all that, that was Christ Millennial Kingdom that was, they were just getting rid of all that stuff when they destroyed it all. So uh, we are about to be at the great white throne judgment. We are in the apocalypse. So the rapture, excuse me, the rapture has already happened. That was uh, in the uh, Carrington event, I believe. 1859 was the rapture where all of the, uh, all of the people that were living in the uh, thousand-year reign of peace, they were just taken to heaven. And the remnants that were left over are our ancestors. And we are here for a reason because we are the ones who started the fall, that we are now given this opportunity to turn back to God before the white throne judgment, because once that occurs, then there is no turning back. There is no more uh, reincarnation or channeling uh, or communicating with unclean spirits or anything like that, because they will be in the lake of fire. So, we are in the middle of the revealing right now and the book of revelation it's actually called the revelation of jesus christ meaning that's when everyone will have the revelation that jesus christ is god and every knee will bail and every tongue will confess and all those uh types of things that you'll hear in christian uh circles that that is what's happening now and there's this uh there is a lot of people waking up spiritually and it's everyone's at their own process. You know, I'm not here judging anybody or telling you guys that you're doing the wrong thing. Everyone's on their own process and you shouldn't listen to any other man tell you uh, what's true and what isn't. You should listen to the God within you, uh, which you'll best know as your moral compass. And when you start to follow your moral compass and you start to understand that you're doing things in a certain way that maybe you shouldn't be doing and you start to turn away from those uh, ways, then you're going to be slowly but surely on this path of uh, becoming righteous again, of turning away from your sin. Once you're aware that you're sinning and you continue to do it, then that is uh, an evil act within yourself. And sin means to miss the mark and, and, the question begs uh, to miss the mark of what? And it's the mark of perfection. So we miss the mark of perfection that we could be because we're choosing to do the wrong thing. So it's not that sin is necessarily a quote-unquote bad thing, but it's more that it's a thing 
that we're hurting ourselves by doing it. Like, for example, I was a cigarette smoker for 14 years. So all that time, I knew I was doing the wrong thing. I was sinning. I was purposely doing that that thing, and I was addicted. So it was a sin because it hurt me. And what hurts me hurts God. So it's not necessarily, you know, that the Christian church has really taken things uh, that as they are the judges of others, that they are allowed to tell others how to live and be hypocrites and do whatever they please. And that's not, that could be further from the truth. I don't go to church. I don't need to go to a building on a certain day. God is all around me and everything. And God speaks to me when God speaks to me through all of his creation, because that's God created all of it. And, Wherever I am, whenever I am, he will communicate the information to me that I need communicated to me. It's only when I'm paying attention to it that I can recognize it. So when I have my eyes and mind on him and I am looking for what he wants me to understand and know through the interactions I have with other humans on a regular basis, that's how I know God's communicating to me. Because if I'm having synchronicities of two or three things happening that are very unconnected, but it's making a connection in my mind that these things are related. That's when God's speaking to us. And he does this all the time with everything because it's all of his creation. So uh, we are, like I was saying in the book of Revelation, we are at the end of it when the judgment is about to occur and uh, Christ is coming back. He's already returned in 70 AD. So everyone check out my series. It's an eight-part series. It's uh, You'll enjoy it. No matter what your view is of anything, you'll enjoy that series because there's a lot of information in there that connects a lot of different things. Uh, the first six episodes are like 15 to 30 minutes, and then the last two are about 45 minutes and an hour and 15 minutes. And you're going to really enjoy it. I, I put a lot of work into it. And uh, it's very eye-opening to how things are connected. So, yeah, there's there's all that for you. Ooh, I might check those out because that does sound interesting. So, and just so, just to ask this, what do you think is going to happen when the judgment occurs? Well, I think the judgment has been occurring already. Like uh, we could say, you know, the virus that has been going on for the last couple of years. Like, I don't want to say necessarily that's the judgment, but that that could be the first sign of judgment happening. And now, like with the the thing that's happening now, that's uh, monkeypox. Yeah, I, I didn't know if I would be able to say it on the different platforms, but uh, that it's happening through uh, gay men are contracting it from other gay men through anal sex, like all these different studies are showing that. And I'm not saying necessarily that that's judgment either, but I'm just saying that I think these things that are occurring, the, the, these floods that are also occurring like crazy all over the place this last month, that I think judgment is occurring in all of these different ways. And it's not just like one time, like lightning will strike and like the whole world will change. Maybe uh, it could happen. I think the Carrington event was the rapture. So who am I to say that 
that can happen. But I think it's all these different little events are adding up to the sum total of when we reflect on it, you know, years from now that we'd say, oh, that was the judgment. And it was hitting all of these different places and all of these different ways because God reveals things in the way that he reveals them. And he doesn't just uh, do it all at once in that way. He allows people to repent and he might give them a second chance by offering salvation when they're in their most time of need through some event like a flood or uh, a hurricane or something like that. Yeah. So it's not as we picture it, like where we just see like humans having to line up before a gate and there's just a, there's God there judging everybody saying, hell, heaven, hell, heaven. You get stuck on earth because I don't like you. Hell, <laughs> heaven, hell, heaven. Yeah, I, I don't uh, I don't think that's how it would be. I, I mean, maybe it could be. Uh, I don't know for sure, obviously. Uh, and it could be that he's doing that right now through our actions. And it's just that uh, at once, maybe we're just, boom, we're separated. And there's people up here and there's people down here. And, you know, maybe that is a thing. I, I can't say for sure. Yeah, I don't think anybody can until it actually happens someday. And then no one's be able to tell because there will be no more podcasting at that point. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it will be the two end of days. But all right. I think that's all the questions I could possibly come up with for this situation, which I this has been very enlightening for me, very enlightening and it's an interesting way of looking at things. And I definitely hope my listeners take into consideration all this and add to their, because if you listen to the paranormal stuff, you know, you listen to the conspiracies, you get it all. You hear, you hear everything. So there's a lot of different ways to believe things. And I judge nobody for the way they believe anything. Cause I don't want to do that, but certain people do. And don't do that people. <laughs> so is there anything else you want to add Emmanuel? Uh, so I just want to say that like you, what you were just saying, uh, is great because, uh, this time, especially since 2019, maybe even like 2017, like you were saying with podcasting specifically that people you're listening to podcasts, you know, you're catching up on it, you're hearing different guests and then you're going and listening to those guest podcasts and so on and so forth. And, and you're getting all these different fringe topics and everyone's really becoming familiar with all of these things at once. Like Tartaria is something that nobody knew about three years ago. Now you talk to any conspiracy theorist or someone who's into paranormal or someone who's into aliens. And they're like, yeah, I heard of that because it's just so rampant because we're all information sharing on a larger and larger scale. And we are seeking the truth. That's the thing ultimately is that we are all truth-seeking. And when you find the way, the truth, and the life, then there's no reason to continue looking because you found it. So for me, when I found Christ, it was this slow burn, and I was doing energy work for a while, uh, like we were talking about in the beginning. I was, I had a business set up and a website, and I recently let my website lapse because uh, I just my heart's not there anymore. I, I actually, I spend a lot of time coaching softball now uh, because I'm trying to become a pillar in my community more so. And I 
coach a travel softball team. So I'm not even podcasting really anymore. So you inviting me on your show, I was like, okay, I haven't done uh, any new shows in a while. I'll, I'll come on. And I, I was able to carve out this time slot for to be here. And I'm so glad that I did. But what I'm getting at is that I slowly was walked through all of my decision making and all the things that I was doing. And God, Jesus, he said to me, like, could you be doing better while you're doing this? Or is is this the right way of doing things? Or is this your way of doing things? And as I slowly came to be humble enough to say, well, it is my way that I want to do things. And he was like, okay, we'll try this. And I started to try that. And it was always better. Like the, uh, the spirit behind Lent is to show God that you care more for God than you do for other things. Like this past Lent, I'm not a Catholic. uh, You know, I don't go to church or anything, like I said, but I still, for Lent, I, I wanted to show God that, uh, I wanted to give something up and it was a spur of the moment thing. And I gave up potatoes. I gave up, uh, breads and I gave up, uh, like carbs mostly, you know, not, not vegetables. Yeah. Carbs. Yeah. Yeah, so I gave up that stuff, and that's like 90% of my diet. But what it did is it made me realize that I was dependent on – I had toast for breakfast every morning, and like I was dependent on all these false carbs. And there's been times where I gave up coffee for 60 days or something because I felt like I was dependent upon it. So like I would just do these things naturally, give these other things up, and – it comes back to me and now like when I gave up coffee, now it wakes me up again because uh, it was just like to the point where I was just drinking it just for the taste and it wasn't actually doing anything. Then you stop for 60 days and then you drink coffee and then, oh, wow, it perks you up. So uh, when you give something up, it'll come back to you better because you've chosen to give it up for a little bit. And uh, my... My overall advice to anybody is just to be open-minded enough that everything you're doing could be the wrong thing. And i that's how I viewed myself uh, for a very long time, not in a negative way. I was always, uh, not always, but these last couple of years, I was gentle with myself. But when I would notice that I was egotistical and I would laugh or judge or think that someone was harming me by suggesting I was saying the wrong thing and I would just reflect on my reaction. How was I reacting to that? Was I acting like a good person or was I acting like someone who knew better? And each time that I thought that I acted like someone who knew better, I would evaluate myself and say, well, I got to change. And I slowly but surely without any drugs or any kind of help, I uh, outside of Jesus's help, you know, any putting anything in my body or looking to any guru or anything, just him being with me is how I learned to be the best person that I can be and how to live the most clean life and that I can be someone people can count on and look to as, uh, as someone who's going to have integrity that they don't have to worry about, any of the stuff that they typically worry about in their life when it comes to humans. Like when I'm around a female, 
she doesn't need to worry about me ogling her when I'm around someone who has like money sitting out. They don't have to worry about me stealing it. You know, those types of things, just having integrity in myself is, uh, is the number one thing that I wanted to do ever since I was in prison. Uh, and I went to prison for stealing for burglarizing pharmacies cause I was a drug addict and, having integrity is something that really changed me and listening to my moral compass. There are the two things and wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this on your path, just continue to seek the truth. And when you find it, you will know it and just hold on to that truth and let everything else go. And that's how you will end up going to the place that you are meant to go to. I like that. That's some good advice right there. I mean, I well, I can't say I'm not going to ogle a woman anymore because I mean, I'm only a man. But uh, it's, it's but, hard, believe me. You know, it's not something that like uh, that I was able to do just just like that. Like it takes time and practice of being aware of what I'm doing, of you know, of saying certain words and of being a certain way you know it takes a keen awareness in order to get rid of those habits they're pattern behaviors that were in place in your dna by your fathers and forefathers and you're you pattern those behaviors in yourself and i don't just mean you i mean everybody this is just how things have gone so don't be hard on yourself about it but be keenly aware that God within you knows all that we are doing and knows that we can do better if we just strive for it. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our episode for tonight, though. Um, Where can the people find you if they want to hear your show or if they just want to find out more about you? So my podcast is on uh, every audio platform. It's called Godcast, the Goodness Over Darkness podcast. My YouTube channel is Goodness Over Darkness, and that's where you can watch the series. You can also listen to it on any of my uh, my audio podcasts, but that eight-part series is a visual that you'll want to see. I also have a three-part series on the Book of Enoch, uh, a breakdown on that. So you can go just check out my pl- uh, playlist, and they're on there. And I, uh, I also have a Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash goodness over darkness, and you can find a little bit extra there if you join in when i do lives you'll be able to join me on the lives and uh you'll be able to you know chat and all that type of stuff so and i also i host a bible study every sunday and we're finishing up the gospels uh tomorrow so that'll be the 24th bible study and it'll be the final part of luke because we started with john then we went to Uh, Matthew and Mark, and now we're in Luke, so we're on our last four chapters tomorrow. I'm about to start releasing that on my audio podcast, uh, and we've uncovered a a great deal of things. So uh, just check out all that different stuff, you know, Godcast, the Goodness Over Darkness podcast, or just Goodness Over Darkness, and you'll be able to find it wherever. Well, I highly advise my listeners to go check it out. And as always, my listeners know, you could find me on the Paranormal The New Normal Facebook group, where everything I do is there, or on Twitter or the gram as Juggalo Bastard.